I've been back and forth, and, and I'm going to ask you tonight to turn to Luke chapter 3 with us, Luke chapter 3, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the Lord's led us back here, and I have never preached from these verses. I have never even intently studied, and intensely, I guess I should say, studied out these couple verses I'm going to read, read, but I simply want you to know tonight that the other day as I was studying, I have read... Luke chapter 3, many times, but the other day as I was studying along, God opened my eyes. You know what I'm talking about. You've been in the Word of God long enough. You read it. It's custom to you. You go through it. Maybe you're trying just to move along and you don't see it, but then you come back to it another time. God's Word's alive. And uh, so I may find me a blessing today, a golden nugget, and then tomorrow I find a brand new nugget in the same verse. It's amazing, God's Word is. It's, it's living. It's God-breathed. And so I was slowly reading through and saw something that blessed me. And I don't know tonight if I'm going to preach, if I'm just going to say a few words and get out of the way. But my prayer is that the Lord uses it to touch your heart as it has touched my heart. Now, I don't know where we're going tonight, so y'all pray really hard. But Luke chapter 3. Notice the drawbridge over the moat and the drawbridge and the, uh, the way of the king, the, the bridge to the king. And I want to talk tonight about John the Baptist, and that's kind of what he was. He was a drawbridge to the king. He made the way straight, and he was a herald that came to announce that a greater than he was coming, that Jesus was on the way. And so he laid out that bridge and made the path for the Lord clear. But look with me tonight, Luke chapter 3 and verse 1. And look, if we stand tonight to sing and we stand to pledge, we might as well stand for the Word of God. Just want to read a couple of verses tonight. And I want to read it slow. Pray the Lord will help us. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod, being the Tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Iteria, and of the region of Trachonitis, and Licinius, the Tetrarch of Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priests, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness." I want to read it again if I can. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Iteria in the region of Trachonitis, and Licinius, the tetrarch of Abilene, Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest. Did you notice all those big names? The scripture says, The word of God came unto John. Simple old, poor peasant preacher, John. The son of Zacharias. And I don't know what you get out of the son of Zacharias there. It just tells me the Lord not only knows me, He knows mine and where I'm from. He knows all about us tonight. 
And it says, where was he? He was in the wilderness. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you and we're thankful for your holy, precious, uh, living word. God, we want to pray tonight that you glorify thy word. You make much of thy word, O Lord. Little of us, O God, we're just a servant, just a vessel tonight. And empty me, I pray, of all my sin and cleanse me, O God. Fill us with thy Holy Spirit. I must decrease tonight and Jesus must increase. Hide us behind his cross. May us preach for his glory God, I pray tonight that you'd make preaching easy for us. You do the work. You touch hearts. And help us, O Lord, tonight to leave here rejoicing in our Savior. In His name we pray and we all say amen tonight. Thank you for standing this evening. I was reading along, and I'm familiar with a lot of these names. I don't believe that we only have a timeline presented here. I do understand that Luke in his gospel is all about detail. He's a doctor, a physician, so you're about the details. I have found many people, I've found in pastoring, that when members go to the doctor, somebody has to go to interpret what the doctor's saying. You can't go to the doctor alone because you don't hear what they're saying. You're the one that's getting the diagnosis you need somebody to make sense of it. I'm glad some people can because I can't make sense out of the physician. So he's all about detail. Sometimes you've got to say, doctor, give it to me straight, right? Uh, so we know the Lord's laying it out. He wants us to know the exact time in history that John was sent a word. Now, it's been 400 years of silence since Malachi. There's been no word. So the Word of God's very precious. It's going to come to John and it's going to find him in the wilderness. But not only does Luke, not only does the Holy Spirit want us to be aware of the exact time, who is in place, who is in charge, uh, because it is important somewhat for us tonight to know the exact timing and time frame of when John came on the scene and when Jesus would come on the scene. You and I may have to stand up to somebody who's a non-believer, uh, who's, an, uh, who, who's an antithesis to what the Bible teaches, and we may have to show them exactly the timing and the place of when things happen. That may happen to us, so we need to be aware. But the Holy Spirit has much more, I think, in store for us. We read that in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Caesar... What a name that is. Caesar. Well, shouldn't we all just bow down? Shouldn't we pay homage to his reign? Fifteen years is mentioned to give us a timeline. We hear next about Pontius Pilate being the governor. As we're talking about the reigning uh, king, you may say, in charge, Pontius Pilate, governor, Herod's a tetriarch. Herod is set aside over a a population, and his brother Philip. So we know something about Pontius Pilate. Uh, We know that he was there at the cross. Uh, We know that he had an opportunity to repent and get right, and his own wife said, you need to get your heart right. You need to listen to this man. You might uh, find that you need what he's got, and he did. Uh, But Pilate there in weakness sent him away, and he was crucified. And when we read about Herod, wicked Herod, we go on down and we see these tetriarchs and Trachonitis in the region of Iteria is mentioned and Licinius is there, Annas and Caiaphas, the high priest. So 
now we're getting into the religious power, uh, the power of, uh, of religion in the day, Annas and Caiaphas. So we see these names again in our New Testament. Uh, we've seen political power. We've seen religious power. And in the midst of all this, isn't it amazing that the Holy Spirit is bypassing the throne? The Holy Spirit's bypassing the, the nobles and the names. Men that, uh, and, and, and such leaders that, that, that they would bow down to and men would say, what a man is that? Look at, at all the power he's got. But there's a God in heaven with power that men on thrones do not have. And God says, I'm going to send my word to John. John the baptizer. John the Baptist. I'm going to send my word to him. Out in the wilderness. It says something to me. I pray tonight that it encourages you a little bit. I believe tonight somebody may just need to be reminded that your God is on the throne. That He's in control. That He is sovereign King. That He's ruler of His universe. That He is, is holding together uh, our lives and His creation. What a God He is. He's mighty. Uh, and He's mighty. Uh, on behalf of his people. And you may need to be reminded that the king's got it under control. That the king is in control of your situation and your need and your loved ones. And he's there for you. He doesn't just sit on the throne as some king that can't be approached and, and can't, be, uh, and can't be, uh, in, be known and be felt. But our God sits on the throne and says, uh, if you've got a burden, cast it on me. He says, if you got a need, tell me about it. And he tells us that if we will humble ourselves in prayer, that we can come to his throne of grace, his throne of grace, and find help in the time of our need. What a Lord. And then somebody may need to be reminded that in the wilderness you're in. Because Christian life spent a lot of time in the wilderness situations of life. That in your wilderness, when you feel alone, and when you feel as if, uh, no one is, is there and no one sees and no one knows that God can find you in the midst of your wilderness. Look, I want to say tonight that as I read these verses, I'm, I'm reminded that things were going on as normal. Status quo, uh, people are being put into power, they're ruling their kingdoms, they're making decisions, things are going on. But at the same time, the God in heaven, the king of all kings, He's at work too. He's at work too. And I began to think, and I hope you can give me some liberty to go here tonight, I began to think about how in our world, in our country, things just seem to go on as normal. And things happen every day. I was getting my hair cut the other day, about a month ago, I guess. Martha was cutting my hair, and I said, Martha, did you see something on the news? Martha said, I don't watch the news, Jason. And... Uh, I uh, have heard some other people say, I don't watch that stuff anymore. Well, uh, I think that's good. I do. Because I'll tell you, when I turn it on, it's the same old junk yes, sir. all the time. Look, I, I believe that we need to be abreast of what's going on in our land. I know I need to pray for our religious leaders, and I do, and I pray you do. We need to hold them up in prayer. But it's the same old junk all the time. Yes. And, and we're not getting anywhere. We're not getting anywhere. We just go around and around and around. Well, I'm glad whenever in this political spectrum 
That as it just went around and around and around, things were happening, things were clicking, decisions were being made, that God decided that He would come down upon His servant. Let me tell you something. As I look around me, and it doesn't matter where you file, uh, where you fall in line, who you like and who you don't like, our country's in a mess, and we don't seem to care about it. We just want to argue. We can't decide if one plus one is two. And it's amazing to me. But I'm glad that in the midst of all of that mess, that my God knows me. He knows my need. He knows my name. He knows the, my weakness. He knows where I am in my wilderness. And so I see that things were just going on. Do you know that in this land of ours, we make much of the things that don't matter and we make little of the things that do? We ought to be making much of Jesus Christ and exalting Him. When we see glory flying, the red, white, and blue, we need to say, God, blessed is the nation who calls you Lord. Blessed is the land that is undefiled. But we have polluted ourselves and defiled ourselves and we don't seem to care. I tell you, there's problems. And I'm going to move on. There's problems whenever you've got a basketball star making $40 million a year. $40 million a year. And when you've got police officers who are risking their lives every day, and teachers in classrooms that are raising our children who would like to have just a small piece of that, underpaid and underappreciated. Preacher, what are you preaching? Just... Hey, you're still here. You had not got up and left yet. Isn't that sad? And in Virginia the other day, a police, well, it wasn't a police officer, but a, an officer in uniform, a fish and wildlife officer in Virginia the other day, went through a McDonald's Walmart, ordered his Happy Meal or chicken nuggets, whatever he was getting, and went up to, and paid for his food, went to the second window to pick it up, and a lady stepped out and said, I ain't helping no cop. I ain't helping no officer. Well, I'm glad that they fired her. She needs to be fired. Anybody that has liberty and freedom to go get a job, anybody that can, that can walk down the street safe, and they don't realize that the very people that are protecting their lives and keeping their children safe, I ain't serving you. Well, I'm glad that God sees those who serve Him. And God loves those in uniform. And God loves those teachers in the classrooms. And God loves these babies that are here this week. And these children filling these pews. And we need to make much of Christ because nobody else seems to care about Him and what He's up to. It's a sad day. It is. Whenever we are seeing such things as this happen. That's just a few examples. I went the other day with some friends, my wife and I, and we went to Splash Country at Dollywood. And uh, I saw some sights, I'm telling you. And if my wife was here, she'd say, your hairy chest is the ugliest sight we saw all day. Listen to me. I realize that I may look different to some people. Now, I may be odd to some people. But I have never seen so much filth in all my life, folks. I'm just telling you. Yes, sir. Have you ever just went out in a public place and sat down and people watched for a minute? It's pretty fun, isn't it, to people watch? And I'm amazed at how many abnormal folks there are. Now, preacher, you've got your own idea of normal. What's normal? Well, somebody that wears their pants on their waist and not hanging down 
past their, their knees. What's normal to you, preacher? Somebody that's not... That, that, look, if, if you're marked up all over your body and you've got tattoos everywhere where the sun don't shine, I'm not preaching against your tattoos tonight, but if you've got them in places where the sun don't shine, keep them covered up, would you? And, and we've got folks walking around, and I mean they're talking nasty and talking dirty. And, and I saw a couple of ladies walking together holding hands. And the shirt said, they had these big shirts, I mean in big old letters, like you used to see in the 70s and 80s on t-shirts. And it said, we didn't choose to be gay. Gay chose us. I thought to myself, what an odd bunch of people over here. It's not a Tennessee thing or North Carolina. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And, And I'm thinking, I've got a baby girl on the way next month. And it's a scary world to bring a child into, right? I'm glad there's a God. But at the the end of the night, instead of reading her a a bedtime fable story, I can say, honey, let me tell you about the love of God that is greater than any other love. Let me tell you about a man named Jesus. There's some hope because He's on the throne. Look, not because of who's sitting in the White House, but because God's in the house. Amen. That's what we've got tonight. So in the midst of all of this, Pontius Pilate, Caesar, and all the others, Word of God came to old John out in the wilderness. I was in Raleigh a few weeks, a few months ago now for work. I spent a week in Raleigh. And I would go downtown to find something to eat of an evening. I'll tell you where we are as a country. Every night, uh, there was, I just like to get out. What was you doing? I was people watching, I told you. I'd get out and I'd walk downtown, checked out the governor's mansion, checked out the legislative buildings, just seeing what's going on. And, and every evening that we'd walk out on the streets, the ACLU was out in full force, handing out literature. You, you could see them. And, and, and I don't know about these folks. I just think they, they can sense, Brother I think they can sense someone that, that fears God. And I, I don't know if they get a little bit... They know not to waste their time with some people. But, but here they'd come. And they were handing out their stuff. I had a friend with me from down in, in Wilmington area who's a Christian. And every night we'd talk about how that we just couldn't stand what they are standing for. And every day they were out there. Come to find out as I left Raleigh that same week, on those same street corners, a street corner preacher got in trouble. The preacher was told to leave. The preacher was been told that he was offensive. Now let me tell you something. I believe we're in a free country. And people have a right to worship however they want to. If you want to go out there and hug a poplar tree and call it your God, you can, but I'm going to worship the God of the Bible. Listen to me. I have no problem with the ACLU being on the streets of Raleigh, but if you're going to let them pass out their junk, let that preacher stand and preach the Word of God. What's the difference? But we're the intolerant ones. We're the ones that can't get it right and get it figured out. So we have got, I just want to remind you, it doesn't matter who's ruling the political sphere. It doesn't matter what's going on in Hollywood tonight. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the downtown streets of our Capitol buildings. I want you to know that God knows where you are. He knows where I am. And He's got a word in due season for all of us. The Holy Spirit came upon, and I like John the Baptist. 
I've been praying and asking the Lord to let me preach on John the Baptist to our people. He's not let me do that yet. But, but I like him. He's just a simple country, tell it like it is kind of preacher. And he's out here in the wilderness eating locusts and wild honey and camel skin is his garment. And the whole world wouldn't give a second look to John. But God says, that's my man, that's my servant, that's my herald. He's going to put the drawbridge out so that the king can ride in. I like John. I've been thinking a lot. The thought of being a father. Now those of you with kids... You already know this, but the thought of being a father, I'm thrilled. I, I can't wait. I go to work. I just want to get home. I say, Lord, I'm ready to be a dad. I don't, you say you think you're ready, but you're not ready. But I'm, I'm prepared in my heart. I, I'm ready. And I uh, think about uh, in all that's going to happen and all that's going to going to come about uh, in seeing her. I had a a preacher tell me the other day, he said, you're going to be a different man from head to toe. He said, you're going to preach different, you're going to study different, you're going to pray different. You'll be a better pastor as a father. I said, well, that all sounds good. I told you I like John. There's a portion of the scripture when Mary in haste goes over to see goes over to see Elizabeth. And she walks through the door. And at the greeting of Mary to Elizabeth, what does the Bible say? It said that the baby leaped. And one time I did preach a message called Jumping for Joy. I remember that Sunday morning because it's the only time Clifford Parker ever heard me preach. He came that Sunday. I got another funny story about that. Brother Clifford sat down about three rows up and a lady actually went over to him and said, Sir, you're in my seat and made him move. And I've never been so embarrassed as a pastor in all my life. And Clifford looked at her like, Who are you? But he moved. He moved. Jumping for joy. And I tell you, when Jesus was in Mary's womb and Elizabeth there was carrying old John, they just started praising God right there in the womb, jumping for joy. And that's the kind of relationship we ought to have with our God. And that's the kind of way we ought to be worshiping Him and praising Him and serving Him is that we're just thrilled, oh Lord, to be in Your presence. And as soon as we get near Him, we just want to jump up for joy. Do those uh, those toe touches like we were doing a minute ago. We just want to praise you, Lord. Put our hands in it. And so they began to jump for joy. And John there in the wilderness, he's going to go out and he's going to, he's going to preach. And, and you can go on and you can read about that. He began to, to preach repentance. You must, you must repent and you, you got to be baptized. And, and so he went out in there and he began to, uh, to lay that, that ground and, and cut back all the, uh, all of the, the junk out of the way so that the king could ride through. But remember tonight, and I'm just going to close and leave you with this. We've got Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate. We have Herod and Philip and Annas and Caiaphas, Licinius. But the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. 
God knows how to find his servants. And we're in a wilderness. We are. We're in a wilderness. We don't fit in with the status quo. That when you turn the news on, there's nothing in this for me. I'm just going to turn this stuff off. Whenever somebody begins to talk to you about Hollywood and superstars and athletes that can do this and do that, you know what? It just don't satisfy me, right? And so we are. We're in a wilderness. And sometimes it seems like we're out there all alone, but God's got a word for us in that wilderness. And John, after the word of God came, Bible says in verse 3, he came into all the country. So when God sends a word to you in your wilderness, in the time of your need, and when God comes near and fills you with his powerful word, what do we got to do? We got to go out with it and take it where he sends us to go. And there's a verse, I believe it's Matthew 11 and 11, it says, it's the Lord speaking, and the Lord says, I tell you that among... Men born unto woman, there is none greater than John the Baptist. But the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. You know what that tells me? The Lord says, in the natural, there's never been a man born to a woman. Never been a woman born. There's never been a soul born unto a woman that was any greater than old John. But... The very least in the kingdom is greater than he. You know tonight, if you're saved, you're born again. Because John came to prepare the way. You remember John had a situation there where he got down, disgusted, and he got depressed. He was in prison. And he said, Lord, are you really him that is to come, or is there another out there? And they went over and told him all that God had done, and he said, yep. I heard Brother John Swanger preach a message, and I've never forgot it. It's him. It is. It's him. There's none like him. They said, John, he's, I want you to know that he's giving sight to the blind. He's healing all the diseases. He's preaching. The word of God's going out. And John said, yep, that's him. He's something else. That's my Jesus. He had that little spell there. But John died before Christ. And so John, in faith, and John, in obedience, he went out and preached, and he obeyed his Lord, and he did what he was called upon to do. But you and I, if we're in the kingdom of heaven, we're greater than John the Baptist if we've been saved by grace. Because the Holy Spirit had to come. Christ had to ascend and he said, it's going to benefit you if I leave, that the comforter may come. And so it had to be. And so now the kingdom of heaven. What is that, preacher? Well, that's, that's grace. Uh, that's grace. That's God's blessing upon His church. That's the church, the true church, the bride, the true bride of Christ. And so you and I tonight, because we have the King in our heart, because Jesus lives within us, you and I are not only like John, but the Bible says greater than John. And I hope tonight the Word of God has encouraged you in some way. That if you're one that's in your own wilderness, if you're one that just needed to be reminded the king knows your name, 
king knows your family. The king knows your address. He knows your need tonight. And just need to be reminded that, hey, this world's in trouble, but it is well with my soul. We serve a great God, don't we? And before I close tonight, I want to share the week of vacation Bible school. And Austin, I got to say, brother, I came and I said, Lord, do I preach? Do I teach? What do I do? And I said, Lord, where do you want me? And finally, I said, Lord, I'm just going to go and be who I am. (laughs) And I'm just going to go and do what you tell me, say what you say for me to say, Lord. But the week of vacation Bible school and all these youngins, the Bible tells us that some parents brought their young children to Jesus. And Jesus was a busy man. He had things to do. He had places to be, lives to touch. But these parents said, you know what? There's something about him. We've got to get our babies. We've got to get our little girl and our little boy. We've got to get them to Jesus. And so they came and brought those kids that they might give them to the Lord. That he might touch them, the Bible says. And the disciples said, whoa, wait a minute. He doesn't have time for these little ones. And the Lord said, hold on now, boys. He said, you've got to understand that if you want to be in the kingdom, if you want to be saved, if you're going to be one of mine, you've got to be like a little child, didn't he? And the Bible says this, says that after he rebuked his disciples, that he took those children into his arms and he lifted them up and he blessed them. And he blessed them. And... There is an amazing blessing. And it's not that hard to catch it tonight. Whenever you get the picture of Jesus taking little babies up into his arms, lifting them up close to him, and blessing them. And I heard a preacher one time say at Fruitland when I was in school there, he said, if we do not bring the children to God, they'll never become children of God. What you need to do this week, what you're doing this week. And an old man, don't tell him I said this, is he here? I don't see him. An old man like Danny Hall can put on a silly hat and tell silly jokes. Because we understand that more than they need a president in office, and more than they need to look up to LeBron and Curry and all the greats, and they need a hero. Look, the hero already came. And let's just take them, you take them this week, you take them to the Lord, you put them in His arms, just just be faithful, just take them there, He'll do the rest, He'll take them up into His arms, and He'll bless them. And if we bring the children to God one day, as the brother said a minute ago, they're going to become children of God. Amen? Pray the Lord blesses you in this week. Let's all bow our heads. And I just wonder tonight, if you'd say, preacher, I find myself in a wilderness, I find myself tonight needing a word. And the same God that sent the word to John out there in his wilderness has sent a word to me tonight that's helped me. Maybe tonight you got a need and we just want to lift our hands up in the air and say, Lord, take it. Lord, have it. Lord, bless it tonight. But if in some way tonight God has spoken to you, would you just put your hand in the air, brother or sister, and this church crowd on this Monday night vacation Bible school, praise our Lord tonight. He knows 
all about us. And as the sister sang, I am a royal descendant of his. Let's pray together. Father, we'd come tonight thanking you, Lord, for all that you do for us. Lord, we know that when we're weak, you're strong. And Lord, we know that whenever we find ourselves in the wilderness, that we are never alone. Lord, we know that after Sarah cast out Hagar, she went out there in the wilderness, forgotten, forsaken, and she fled. God, you went to her in that wilderness. I'm glad tonight to know that no matter where I am, Lord, that I can call upon you. You're a very present help unto your people. And Lord, we just want to thank you tonight for being on the throne, for being the steady, stable force in our lives because things are changing, low Lord. Uh, we do not uh, sometimes see any progress. seems like we're not getting anywhere, but you are sovereign. You are ruler. You are king, and you're in control, Lord. We know tonight that we're in your hands, and we're safe there, Lord. And God, I thank you for this these two verses of Scripture. And so many times we've just read hurriedly trying to get our reading in, but we've not stopped and read slow enough to see the blessing that the Word of God came to John there in his wilderness. Oh, Lord, thank you tonight for your help. Thank you tonight, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you tonight for your word. Bless this week. Bless, Lord, the, the teachers in these classrooms. And we pray that souls will be saved. Lord, if souls are not saved, we know that seeds will be sown and they will be saved. It will happen, O oh Lord. If we'll be faithful, Lord, you'll give the increase. Pray your blessings on old Savannah, Lord, their pastor, their leadership, their congregation tonight. And bless Jackson County, Lord. Bless all of our churches. Bless your servants, Lord, that stand faithfully to preach your word. Bless the singers and the choirs. And Lord, bless our efforts. We know that we are living in the last days and that soon the trumpet will sound. May we be faithful until the end and until we hear you say, well done. Lord, we just give you tonight the praise and the glory. You're the only one worthy. You're the only name tonight that matters, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, amen.